comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to A Half Hour Wasted. The only podcast endorsed by the hard of hearing... Is why do certain characters pop up at the same time? And and hey, hey, ex- hey looky there, looky there! Yes! <laughs> what? yes! Who is this? That's Who John this Marchionti. Johnny M, baby. Are we recording? No, not yet. Oh. No, the, the, the kids aren't up yet. It's totally cool. John, I thought it was—I thought it was Joe Rogan. This—this this is even better. It's good. It, oh, my lighting isn't great here either. But yeah, I got the shine working. I'm all good, man. Nice, Johnny. You look fantastic. It is great to hear your voice. Yeah, you too, guys. Really, what a wild wait. I—I I haven't done a podcast in three years, and I'm all—I'm leaning. I'm—I my things are not on right, and I. So you know. Like everybody else in the world, uh, I've been doing like Zoom stuff. Can you hear me if I just sit back normally? Is that good? Yeah, yeah that's fine. great. All right, that's cool. fine. That's cool. And um, all of a sudden, I'm my father. Like I scream into the Zoom, and my kids are like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" So I went with I tried earbuds and different things. So hopefully, I'm not screaming. No, you sound uh, great. I, as far as I'm concerned, you sound great. Yeah. Thanks, brother. It's really good to see and hear you guys, man. It's uh. Crazy couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm glad well, you got all that stuff figured out. I didn't want to spoil the surprise for Frank and Bill. Oh, cool! I didn't know it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, trying but, to figure uh, out who Brad, you're talking to. Brad was keeping us on on pins and pins and needles, and and you know, uh, um, Johnny, uh, the the pictures I've seen of you have always been um, small and stuff. I don't think I've ever really seen a really good picture of you. So uh, yeah, oh my uh, yeah, I've I've kept. Um, you know, whatever. The last 15 years, everything's changed so much. I was just thinking about this. This is probably good podcast talk, but whatever. We'll do it now. Um, <laughs> you know, like 15 years ago, like or ten, when we started this 10-ish years ago, like I didn't really want to have my face online too much. I work in a correctional facility. It was still weird to have like online friends and stuff. Now it's like whatever, snap away. I'm TikToking. <laughs> do whatever you want. Hey, nice. guys, I love that TikToking. I'm TikToking. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, our episode's already started. I'll just we'll just segue into it. I'll start the episode. Uh, with all of us saying hi to Johnny M and all that stuff, so we're good. Cool. We'll call we're out good. the cold. This open. is actually part of. And so, okay, yeah. Welcome to Half Hour Wasted, everybody. Um, Frank and Bill and I have been working on a 
certain show for a while. This is really Bill's baby. We've been uh, <clears throat> giving Bill plenty of time to get started on this topic, and 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 we've I've been wanting to reconnect with Johnny M a little bit online, and uh, especially in a podcast situation. So I invited him on to be a part of our discussion today. Sweet um, and fantastic. Uh, it's good to see all of y'all's faces. Johnny M has a, a face for radio, doesn't he? When we finally get to see oh, him right now. Hey, 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 hey. You know, hey, what, uh, you know Johnny, what the f- you are a sharp looking man. You know what the I we've seen I've seen Johnny's face before, but it always he his face to me when I see his face and I put it together with the voice, it's that same feel. There he goes. Oh, back up, John. It's the same <laughs> feeling I got the first time I saw the face of my favorite radio DJ growing up. Like, I always pictured him looking oh a God. certain way. Yeah, very disappointing. Very disappointing. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Johnny That's M and I kind of have the same look. The Johnny M and I kind of have the same look going on. We both have got gray in our chin beards. I- I think we half got, of uh, half of the United States went this way. You know, yeah. thank God for Jason Statham. <clears throat> My hair and, uh, looks cool. Your hair is so completely right gone on top. Mine is uh, one eighth of an inch long on the top here. So, yeah, you're widow's peaking though. Yeah, this All is, right. a, this is a fresh. You guys are, this is the, re- you know, Sunday morning is my shave day. So, you guys, this is prime time right hey, here. Hey, I just I, did this Sunday morning too. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so I guess I, out of the out of the three of us, I'm the only one working a full lush. Yeah, that's well. Very you're true. the only oh, one yeah. that has the, good, the follicles, man. <laughs> Can you guys get a haircut in Texas yet? Uh, yeah, I, I got one so. about I got one about two or three weeks ago. Uh, it, it was a procedure, but uh, I mean, in that you know, I was supposed to wait outside until it was my turn, but they let me wait inside. I was supposed to wear a mask. My barber wore a mask. I had to hold my mask uh, ribbons kind of away from my head while she was cutting it. But it worked out. It worked out well. But it probably took about, you know, if a haircut takes 20 minutes, it probably took about 30, 40 minutes. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been um, I've been using dog clippers uh, since I was about 30. So, um, yeah, it's been, been quite a while. So they I've had make to worry those about for humans, to too, also, Bill. Yeah, but I like the dog ones. All right. They cost they cost more, so you know they must be great. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into this episode. John, I'm so glad you're here. Um, we are going to talk about Marvel and DC events and how it always seems like one company likes to copy the other company when it comes to events. Did I paraphrase that okay, Bill? Yeah, you paraphrase it just fine. Um Guys, yeah, do you keep get... going. I need to step away for just a sec. Keep going. Oh my god! Oh my god! Take care of your dog, or whatever that euphemism stands for, right? <laughs> so, um, before we get into this, uh, should we all place uh, bets on what we think Frank is actually stepping away to do? Mm, maybe to get a beverage. What's the uh, What's the over under on uh, him taking the dog for a quick walk? Uh, I don't think he'd do that to us. You don't. You don't think so? Uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Maybe he needs to rearrange his. Maybe he needs to rearrange his action figures or something. He has to put them in. Uh, you know, rearrange them in order from uh, tallest to shortest or something. Holy crap! I just or, looked at or, Johnny M. He needs a little like color. Johnny M. needs some dulling spray on that chrome dome, doesn't he? Actually, what we need to get we need to get Frank to do is to rearrange uh, all his uh, action figures in in terms of Marvel versus DC because yeah. that would fit the theme of today's show. So you know. I don't know. That's my vote, anyway. I see I Bill is uh, I mean, like 
Bill is, of course, rocking the Dallas Cowboys hat, which... Uh, yeah, why not? Of course. I've got, I've got a million of them, Johnny. <laughs> I just want to tell you, I mean, whatever, we'll lose half the listeners uh, with, a little, <laughs> with a little football talk. <laughs> Amari Cooper is the biggest disappearing dog on the planet, and you will be sorry... Well, um, that's why we drafted uh, my man CD, baby. So uh, uh, here in two years, uh, this is a little inside football for uh, a little inside baseball for football fans is what this is. But um, a lot of people are, are thinking that, uh, well, you draft CD Lamb so you can kiss goodbye to Michael Gallup in two years. Well, my thought is that what we're going to do is we're going to kiss goodbye to Amari Cooper, assuming uh, Michael Gallup continues his ascendance. And here in uh, 2023, uh, you're going to see uh, Michael Gallup and CD Lamb uh, patrolling, the, uh, patrolling the outfield for the Cowboys. Fair enough. So, I don't know. That's uh, that's what I'm thinking now. Amari Cooper is uh, amazing in that he's one of the greatest route runners the modern game has ever seen. But um, you don't really. Oh, I like that. Um, you don't want. Um, uh, you don't necessarily want to count him in an away game. There he is. There's Frank. 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 Did you take? Uh, Bill said he, he he was thinking you were going to take uh, NASA for a walk. Is that what happened? No. <laughs> No, my coffee kicked in. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Ah, nice. Okay. There you go. He took he Thank took you. himself for a walk. Yeah, he did. I was uh, that was a, that was a this was a quick round trip to Starbucks, man. While you were I gone, Frank. Not, I do not joke around when it comes to that. While I believe you were gone, that. we I... had our first official tangent, by the way. You're welcome. No surprise. Less than ten minutes into the show, we already had a tangent. It's partly my fault. That's mostly. okay. No, no, no. I, you know what, Johnny? I'd like to, uh, I'd like to praise you for that, and uh, I'd, I'd like to ask for as much of that as possible. John, I'll allow it. It's how I work. Thank you. You know. All right, Bill. Let's get started on this. So, uh, so my thought that I've had since oh, I don't know, uh, the mid seventies, is that um, uh, DC and Marvel uh, have consistently aped each other. Uh, for literally generations now. Um, I would go through, uh, I started reading comics in the mid seventies and you would notice, uh, these similarities. And I think these, uh, I think my research has, has told me that these similarities were more perceptual, uh, up until about the eighties and into the nineties and, and in our so-called modern age, uh, the, the whatever, whatever's post bronze age, uh, that's where things really started picking up. Uh, I did find some interesting uh, stuff, and then I will say too that that my my thought was that it was more DC and Marvel copying events from each other. And while there is definitely some of that going on, um, what's easier to find out there on the internet is uh, the myriad of articles, listicles, etc., on characters that the two have stolen from each other. Absolutely, and so so I think that that at the start you absolutely saw the characters. Um, you know, borrowed from the other company. Um, and, uh, the more I get into it, uh, you know, none of this requires a PhD, but I think a lot of it, uh, you can give credit to in the early days. I mean, we're talking like before the sixties, uh, and, and up into the sixties, you did see copying going on. Oh, they've got character X. Let's make character X, Y, you know, Oh, the, you know, the other company has got character Z. Let's make character Z, Z, you know? And, um, you know, we don't want to get left behind. Um, 
but uh, uh, I think as you get into the uh, the eighties into the nineties, you start seeing uh, because events by themselves weren't really a thing uh, until, gosh. Uh, the first events uh, that you're looking at were probably, and we're we're gonna we're gonna circle back to some characters uh, here in a moment or two, but really the first event I think that ever happened in the big two comic books was probably Flash of Two Worlds, even though it was only a single comic book. Um, it came out in uh, September of '61. It was the first time that uh, Jay Garrick, Old Flash, um, Golden Age Flash, met um, Silver Age Flash, Barry Allen. And that kicked off the idea that there could be more than one world that that your comic adventures happen in. And so you saw this 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 opening of these uh, floodgates, which at the time was kind of a trickle. And the Flash of Two Worlds, um, the Justice League, uh, which also started in the early '60s, to start their um, uh, their crises. And uh, the crises obviously build to a, a, a heck of a uh, uh, a heck of a thing into the '80s and, and all the way up uh, through the aughts. But uh, the first crisis uh, you're looking at was uh, 1963, and you're talking Earth One and Earth Two heroes finally interact. And um, uh, from that use, point on, the I'm sorry to interrupt. Open. Didn't they didn't they actually use the word crisis in the name of that? Like they did, crisis on two Earths. I imagine. That's why that word has stuck around for so long because it was used They're, back then, and then they just started naming all their huge events crisis related. Uh, there is no doubt, although the uh, the crisis thing uh, it was kind of a happy accident uh, because I think the first um, you know the first meeting of the so called you know it was where they established that the that you know because uh, up until then it had just been hey well these characters are older and these characters are newer. And um, in between the Flash of Two Worlds and the first uh, Crisis uh, uh, pair of issues in uh, Justice League, that's where you get the idea that, um, wow, okay, so the Justice Society, which has been around uh, since the 40s, um, is uh, actually on Earth 2. And everything that you're reading right now, young child, is happening on Earth 1. And so Earth 2 is for these so-called legacy characters. And that's also where you, you, know, you, you first hear the term legacy character, um, which is something that uh, Marvel, uh, again, speaking of aping, uh, it took Marvel a couple of generations to catch up to the concept of the legacy character. Um, that's something that, that DC has leaned into since the day that Barry Allen showed up and continued the name of the flash with a completely different person. And, you know, since then, you know, you've gotten, you've gotten legacy characters, you know, across the board in DC. Um, uh, but, uh, I, I, I thought it was really interesting that, uh, other than, uh, flash of two worlds and the first, uh, set of crisis. And of course the, the first crisis, uh, on, uh, two earths, um, that became a big, big hit. And so it spawned what became an annual, uh, event. And so, uh, up, uh, into the, uh, uh up through the end of the seventies, you've got a crisis on blank earths. Uh, happening every single year uh, as a crossover, and so basically you're getting ten episodes, you know, ten issues of regular Justice League, and then you know every year you're going to get two issues of them, you know, going to another 
another universe, another reality, another whatever, and having crazy adventures with, you know, the freedom fighters of Earth X, with the you know the original Just Society of Earth Two, with uh, uh, you know the the bad guy superheroes from Earth Three, with uh, the the Justice uh, excuse me the Legion of superheroes uh, shows up and they have to battle Mordru, you know, at one point. Um, so they they run through and they exhaust about every. Uh, parallel universe that DC has access to via their expansion, their their purchase of Charleston Comics, uh, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know the the places where they get, uh, you know. Uh, Captain Marvel family from Fawcett, you get, you know, the, uh, the blue beetle and, and, you know, the Ray and, and all these guys, uh, from, um, um, uh, from Fawcett, I think, um, I may be rambling here, small chance I'm rambling, but, uh, I thought it was interesting that really, um, Marvel didn't answer, um, anything that even, uh, seemed like an event and I don't find any analog in DC, um, uh, Marvel pretty much played it uh, to Hoyle, close to the vest, until the Kree Scroll War in 1971, which is uh, was not a crossover. Um, it was an event. Um, it was the first time that you had had a uh, a true multi-part epic uh, in this uh, serialized comic book format, and uh, that's 1971. And uh, uh, from there, it's really interesting that um, you really don't have another crazy major major event until the 80s you get to secret wars and uh and i guess that must be where a lot of my my thoughts kick in because at that point you're starting to look at um okay so marvel does secret wars now we know that that marvel uh the, the first major event of each uh of each publisher, uh, Marvel's Secret Wars and DC's Crisis, were done for completely separate reasons. I have a question, Bill. Hit me. In your research, did you come across something called Marvel's Contest of Champions? Uh, I have seen that. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't have that uh, listed down. Do you um, think? But, uh, but yeah, the 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 list of events. If you go in and look at you know the actual event list of of um, you know events that DC has done through the years, yeah. events that Marvel has done through the years. Again, it started really it picks up in the eighties, but the list is insane because you start getting two three events you know per publisher per year, and Marvel is especially bad about that, uh, or or good about that, uh, depending on your uh, perspective. You know, was depending on what you want. That contest to champions. Didn't that happen before Secret Wars? Um, I am, uh, you know what? I'm I'm on the spot now, and I'm going to have to actually check that out because I I don't remember. I've I've it may not sound like it, but I have spent hours upon hours looking into. Oh, this. it sounds like and, it. Uh, yeah, uh, I've spent a lot more I time am thinking on this yes. than I thought I would. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, and, and Bill, so, yeah. while you're while you're looking up, or maybe maybe Brad or or Johnny can can uh, answer this. Was there a uh, um, so Bill was talking about these big events and how they mirror each other? Did um, uh, you said contests of champions or secret wars for that matter? Did they kind of mirror any type of event that was happening on DC side? Well, because th- those were two different. I, I mean. Crisis was meant to uh, uh, reorganize the DC universe, but Secret Wars didn't do that, did it? No, Secret Wars was all about selling toys. Yeah, that's that was why Shooter's, Secret uh, Wars base. happened, was to sell toys. 
Which is interesting because well, first- but but in in the comic in the comic book lore, what was it meant to kind of reorganize the 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 Marvel line? No, not at all. Because there was no correct quote unquote multiverse problem in Marvel at the time. You know, I, I just remember what year are we talking? Eighty six ish. Yeah, eighty five, eighty six. So I'm like you know twelve. And once that issue hit with the black Spider-Man costume, yeah, which I think we found out before Secret Wars ended, didn't it? No, I'm sorry. It's it's issue his number costume, seven. Yeah, his costume debuted it's in eight. Secret Wars right. or Secret War or eight. Right. So basically, then I didn't care about what the hell else happened in Secret Wars. We were just like, <laughs> that was the holy crap moment of the whole thing. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that was the point. Right to start selling Black Spider-Man stuff. There you go. Um, fun fact: uh, I have read Secret War a grand total of one times. Uh, I read it once uh, many years ago and said, "Okay, I'm good." Uh, I just uh, as much, and, and this is weird too for me because I am a huge. The, uh, there are certain comic creators that you just gravitate to that you think this guy gets it. And Jim Shooter is one of those guys for me. And of course, you know, being a Legion of Superheroes, uh, um, uh, now, okay, I'll go with fanatic. Um, you know, Jim Shooter started his career, you know, writing for the Legion of Superheroes at the age of 14. Unbelievable. Uh, and you know, of course his, I thought his, uh, tenure as, uh, editor in chief of Marvel was, um, some of Marvel's, uh, you know, it was not their golden age. That was the sixties. But, uh, I think that, that whatever, um, whatever revitalization of the genre needed to happen in, in Marvel Studios, uh, Marvel, uh, the Marvel bullpen, I think Shooter provided that. Uh, I've always thought it was very interesting that people thought, well, Shooter is mean to me. I don't like him. And uh, they made him go after a while. But I never really understood the reason behind letting him go for editorial reasons, you know, for what he did with the comics. I think he, uh, he paired uh, really interesting uh, writers with artists. And I think that his books were, uh, I think his books were fantastic um, consistently, uh, at least the books that he, you know, during his time as, uh, as editor in chief. So I've always had a soft spot for, uh, for that cat. Um, not that he's perfect. Um, so I always thought it was a weird, it was weird that, um, that his, his big idea, his eureka moment was, Hey, let's, um, uh, let's create 12 comics, uh, that basically are going to have a, uh, toy logo, you know, they're basically going to say Kenner on them instead of Marvel, um, or whoever uh, was responsible for making the toys. Um, I'm sure that, uh, much like Spaceballs, everybody was involved in making the toys and the coffee mugs and the placemats and the urinal cakes and the shoes and okay i'll stop did um secret wars come out before crisis oh yes yes secret wars safe and uh crisis uh bridged 85 into 86 okay so, so- um uh, again it's the the case though is that it's it's I, I believe it's purely coincidental that these two companies had these these events somewhat concurrently. Well, they don't. Um, they because certainly again, don't feel the, like a copycat situation to me. And that's that's the thing. These are not. This was not a copycat situation because they had entirely different motives. Right. Completely different motives. Not even not even the same uh, ballpark. You know, Marvel selling toys. DC. Uh, we realized that through the years and and the uh, the crisis uh, issues. 
uh, the Justice League crisis issues uh, were probably the leading uh, factor in, uh, well, I mean, between that and them uh, swallowing up all these other comic book companies, uh, you know, those two events, uh, them swallowing the companies and then un- unleashing them through the the might of the crisis events every year, you know, that's what caused the convoluted, uh, uh, history of the DC universe. And so they finally decided to go ahead and try to fix it. And, um, I was one of those kids. I remember I was in high school in a six and, um, that was pretty much, you know, I had stopped reading comics heavily in probably 83 because I thought girls are pretty interesting by that point. Um, sue me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I've, I've still got my originally purchased. Turns out they're not that Christ. interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it uh, pretty much depends on the girl, I guess. Um, you can ask them the same about me too. So, uh, I, I don't mean to be throwing stones here. Um, but, uh, uh but yeah, uh, so, uh, crisis was kind of the last, uh, the last thing that I really paid attention to, um, for a good 10 years or so. Um, well, I, uh, yeah. Going off on your uh, on your, you know, comparison of events and and histories and stuff, and and it it this just occurred to me just a moment ago about how, you know, you do get similar events or similar characters that do pop up occasionally, and in you know uh, uh, on the surface you may just go, well, there's only so many combinations of super uh, superpowers you can come up with, and and that's that's true, true. to an extent, yeah. but uh, also I. I, I think what may happen because this happens to me quite a bit is you will someone will come up with an idea uh, that you have to you have to pitch to the editorial board and and that editorial board may shoot it down, which is fine. You, you know that happens. You, you throw a lot of stuff to the wall and sometimes it doesn't stick. But uh, what usually ends up happening is you end up putting that in your back pocket. You end up. Uh, you know, if you leave that company, you take your file with you with all these ideas and you present it to new people. And suddenly, you know, suddenly a uh, firestorm seems like a great idea, you know, um, you know, Hey, that's a great analog for, for Spider-Man, which I, I think originally was the, uh, was the concept for something like firestorm because he was young, he was having high school issues and stuff yeah. and, uh, and he had the, the secret power. So they did the same uh, you thing think with Richard any- Ryder, uh, Nova, but yes. Yeah, so do you think there's there's any validity in that? Um, I think that uh, you are looking at um, a situation where a lot of that was, um, um, well, there's only eight notes. You know, how do you keep making new songs only eight notes? How do you keep making new characters with only flight, speed, strength, stretch, arrows? You know, there's only so many properties that a uh, that the superhero uh, or heroine uh, can have and so you know at some point it, it's it's absolutely uh, it's just it's just physics that you're going to run into characters with same power sets although I, I believe that that for the most part yes I think a lot of these characters were absolutely copied from the other company I don't think there's any doubt about that um, uh, that starts as far back as 1939 fellows uh, as you have and and I thought it was interesting I was talking to Frank before we started taping uh, I think and um, uh, I was telling him that uh, uh, it's interesting to me that um, that for the most part I think Marvel has copied DC 
as opposed to DC copying Marvel, it's probably about a 75-25 split. It's at least two-thirds to one-third. Marvel has copied DC far more than DC has copied Marvel. Um, with the odd exception um, of the very first set. Um, a lot of people want to compare... Uh, I'm, I'm tangenting. Let me get back on track. Uh, so in 1939, uh, Marvel uh, comes out with this anti-hero named Namor. 1939, kids, they're releasing as color movies until that year. Um, two years later, uh, DC answers with Aquaman. There's no way that's a coincidence. Um, so Namor was first? Namor was first. Namor, uh, uh, Namor led Aquaman by a good couple of years. In fact, um, the first uh, uh, the first appearance of the Justice Society of America, your classic, you know, Doctor Fate, Hawkman, you know, Doctor Midnight, Hour Man, you know, et cetera, et cetera, is March fifth, nineteen forty one. And uh, I sat there and read through most of that uh, a couple days ago. And uh, speaking of uh, taking ideas from each other, I thought it was fascinating. I'd never seen this before. Uh, although I'd had the gigantic, the uh, the gigantic newsstand version of this as a kid, and so I had read it at some point, um, you know, forty something years ago. Um, but uh, uh, the uh, the issue is like sixty two pages long, and it takes a sweet time. And they kind of uh, introduce each character in turn. It's not a group thing until the very end. But uh, as they get to Hawkman. And they have different artists uh, do each of the other uh, characters, too. I thought that was uh, really kind of cool. But um, uh, as they're introducing the character of Hawkman, his you know kind of little you know mini-comic, his chapter, whatever you want to call it, uh, at one point, Hawkman uh, leans over to pick up his mace, uh, the, the classic hawk person mace. And uh, he refers to it explicitly as the Hammer of Thor. Really? So originally, uh, the mace that Hawkman carried around was the Hammer of Thor. That's crazy. Oh, that's great. Isn't that <laughs> wild? And so, yeah, it took, you know, the 20 years, you know, for, uh, for, for Marvel to actually create, you know, the, the character Thor for their comic books. Um, but his hammer had been rolling around uh, for quite a long time. Um, I, hey, I just, I kind of, I kind of thought that was fascinating. Hey, um, Bill, just, just, yeah. just, uh, uh, just to add to, to your, uh, uh trivia tidbits yes. there. Um, uh, you had mentioned Namor being uh, added so early. Now, if I remember correctly, you probably came across this, but uh, uh, Namor also has another distinction in that him and the first Human Torch were the first crossover event for a single comic book company, which was not Marvel yeah. at the time, but would become Marvel. Yeah. But it, it was that that storyline that kind of cemented that they were in the same universe. Excellent. Yes. Uh, very, very good point. Uh, uh, was that Timely Comics number one? I'm doing that off uh, memory. Yeah, but, that uh, I'm not sure of, but I thought well, that, that the, was kind of interesting the, about Namor. The, uh, the classic uh, cover with uh, the Human Torch kind of kind of leaping down at uh, um, the Submariner um, as the Submariner is stealing himself for this attack. Um, I, 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 yeah, that's, uh, that's one of those iconic images in comic book history, which uh, we should all, uh, we should all be aware of. And we should all uh, appreciate Johnny. I have you a know, question. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's semi-related. It's, it's, it's I love adjacent. being able to see you guys, by the way, with the, with the <laughs> Skype. Uh, Cause it feels like we're in the same room and, you know, we can all give each other visual cues like, Hey, I want a question. That's why Bill wasn't looking at the camera when I saw you raise your hand, John. So that's why oh, I stepped my apologies. in. 
Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm reading my notes. I didn't have everything memorized. I know. You're, you do. I, this is what's called above my pay grade, so I'm learning a lot. Um, isn't Thor, again, semi-related, and I apologize, isn't Thor one of those, like, uh, public domain characters? Not that I'm, I'm not inferring that, that Marvel should have been sued for stealing him. I'm just saying... Like, you can use Thor and Ares and the Norse gods and everything in any story. Anybody can just use them. I, th- yeah. I think that's correct. And they do. Um, right. But uh, I, I believe you're right. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to this. Uh, um, you know, I don't know the entire answer to this. But, but yes, of course, uh, you know, um, Norse, Norse mythos, Greek mythos, whatever. You know, obviously that stuff's public domain. Um Yes, uh, that's uh, the the nerd call's gone out, and uh, I'm answering. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I, I do think it's interesting because you've seen Ares in both Marvel and DC. I mean, hell, Ares was the uh, the big bad of the Wonder Woman movie. Um, you know, he was also a character. Uh, he was a mainstay in the Avengers for a long time. He was the Thor analog um, during the uh, Dark Reign, Dark Avengers uh, line. Marvel's uh, which- Ares was awesome. Yeah, they, they yeah, went with was. that. They they took the god of war angle and made him yeah. like a master of weaponry, and like he was firing AK forty sevens. And it, <laughs> really, it, yeah, he had he'd have the his. I have his action figure somewhere because I'm a nerd. Nice, and he's got a battle axe and like an assault rifle. <laughs> okay, yes. I, I'm actually not not familiar with the Marvel version of Ares, so he sounds pretty cool. What uh, what series did he feature in, or it was, was it all over the cool. place? It was the Dark Avengers stuff, but maybe Brad can help me. There was also Secret Warriors, maybe, and Ares' son was like a major... They were trying to save him. They were trying to bring him in. Ares' son was like a god also. They were trying to figure that out. It was Dark Avengers that Ares was in, yes. When they I were... think it was Secret Warriors before Dark Avengers okay. or one of those. I never yeah. read Secret Warriors, and I wish I had, but... Um... Secret Wars is read was written by my um, um, my my favorite Marvel author uh, Jonathan Hickman. Uh, yeah. That was his yeah. first real baby. Um, between him and Grant Morrison, um, I'm I, I can die happy uh, knowing the comics are written by these two guys. Um, uh, I I do I wanted to jump on what, what that question Johnny asked earlier about whether Thor was in the public domain and uh, and we answered it but I do recall very early on after the Thor movie came out or after it was announced and it came out uh, there was a movie on Netflix uh, called Thor and uh, I saw it and it was this very cheaply made animated movie, but it got me to click on it because it said Thor. And I was just like, oh, I wonder if this is like a connected to the Marvel movie or not. Of course, it wasn't. People were just taking advantage of the uh, name recognition and the um, and, and the fact that, you know, they they, they could get a uh, something. Out by, of- I'm, I'm not done yet, by the way. So <laughs> no way. Down. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, the uh, Ares kid um, was uh, named Phobos. John. That's right. So, yes, um, yes. Uh, Ares. Um, uh, you know, it, it, you know the Avengers lineup, just like the Justice League lineup. Again, you know, not that these two companies are aping each other, but their lineups have been so fluid. You know, over the 
60 years now that they've been around uh yes there was a time uh, when you know thor wasn't there so they had hercules okay hercules isn't there so they bring in Ares. uh so they've always had you know the the strong guy you know the strong god guy you know on the team um for for most of it and um uh, so yeah, uh, Ares. <laughs> Ares was absolutely uh, uh, he was a big player. But Ares, uh, I don't see here uh, when the Marvel Ares uh, was uh, created. Uh, so I'm going to uh, drop that uh, line of questioning at this time. So hey, Bill, uh, maybe move the story forward a little bit. Hmm? Brad, actually, Brad, go ahead. I was going to say, let's let's get back to events. Like after, since we've decided that. Secret Wars and Crisis, they happened around the same time, but they weren't, you know, they had different motivations, like Bill said. Yep. They weren't designed, one wasn't designed to copy uh, another. What Can you give us an example of, like, maybe the first time that Marvel yes, or I DC can. aped an event by the other? Because I really would like to know. That's a good well, one. The, um, uh, that is a good question. Um, 30 minutes later, we're finally getting here. Um I would say that uh, uh, once you get into the late 90s, uh, you start seeing it happen more and more often. And part of it's just mainly because they're both companies are doing two or three events a year. And so, again, only eight musical notes. You're going to start running into similarities. But um, uh, so Crisis happens in 85, 86. And uh, that lasts for 10 years. So they decide that, oh, God, uh, enough creators are ignoring, you know, the so-called uh, new paradigm of DC Comics. Uh, you know, they've retconned enough. They've, you know, characters have remembered, you know, uh, uh, characters are being remembered, that kind of thing. Uh, DC continuity starts getting convoluted again. And so they decide they need to uh, do the uh, crisis thing again with zero hour. And I think Zero Hour was a uh, kind of a, uh, even though it, it had a lot of characters that I love, I think it was basically a pale imitation of Crisis. And how could it not be? Um, Secret Wars was, uh, or sorry, Zero Hour was what, four issues, maybe six? Uh, Crisis was 12. Uh, so you literally have less story to tell and less time to tell it in. But um, uh, as you get Zero Hour, which is resetting the DC universe again, you have Marvel. Uh, in 96 doing um, again another really odd idea um, they go with this Heroes Reborn thing where they take a lot of their main characters, um, Fantastic Four Avengers, uh, uh, other characters and basically the characters they care about and they shunt them off to this other universe to be reborn so they can kind of restart Marvel with fresh continuity and it was a complete disaster, and it took uh, about a year before they said, screw this, we're bringing all these characters back into normal Marvel continuity to the Marvel 616 universe, and, and we're going to continue from there. And we're all going to kind of, ex- everybody except for Rob Liefeld is going to pretend that actually is, none of this ever happened. Um, so yeah, Heroes Reborn uh, and Zero Hour uh, were both ideas uh, to streamline and provide a, a so-called jumping-on point for uh, listeners. And the, the whole jumping-on point thing uh, will give you absolute tired head if you spend any time looking into that at all. Um, you know, the whole idea, it's, it's the reason why um, 
it's the reason why DC has rebooted their universe 47 times in the last uh, 10 years, and the reason why Marvel uh, has done it uh, a handful of times. I actually give Marvel some credit for not relying on the gigantic, you know, universal multiversal reset button as often as DC has. Um, but uh, you start seeing these similarities, and um, uh, they start getting. You know, it, it starts becoming, you know, are you sure that, that you guys, you know, weren't kind of looking into each other's, uh, uh, you know, looking at each other's uh, uh, spreadsheets or whatever? Um, I, I read a lot of articles and a lot of people want to say that uh, the, the next thing that happens is um, probably one of my favorite comics ever or comic uh, events ever. Um, the great Mark Wade and Alex Ross bringing this kingdom come, which showed up in 1998. And you had that uh, followed. Um, a lot of the articles I read think that Kingdom Come and Civil War are supposed to be analogs to each other. That that they stole the idea for Civil War from Kingdom Come. I don't think that. Um, I think that you can make a case, but for me, I think that um, uh, Kingdom Come in '98 was copied by Marvel um, with the uh, Earth X storyline in 1999, and again. Alex Ross is the artist on both these and the connective tissue that you're going to find, I think, you know, um, to, to, to kind of spoiler alert myself before I get to the end of, of this whole point is that I think the answer is that what is, is it's artists taking their ideas from company to company. Um, Alex Ross, uh, takes his ideas, Jim Starlin, you know, Jim Starlin creates a uh, dark side over here. Then he creates Thanos over here. Um, Dave Cockrum, uh, redoes the yes. Oh my goodness, oh, nice. that is so sexy. Brad is uh, that holding is up his X, too. Uh, um, yes, his copy of Earth X by Earth Alex X Ross. was so written uh, by Alex Ross, but it was illustrated yes. by Jim Krueger. Yes, um, that's a very good point. It's a covers by Alex Ross. Freddy Krueger's uh, yes. brother. Correct. Yes, yes, yes. Freddy's very brother. good point. Yes, um, Freddy Krueger Jr. Um, so. Kingdom Come and Earth X, in my opinion, are, are, are you know possible copies of each other because it's both the older generation of superheroes is looking at this new generation of superheroes, going, "What the hell is wrong with you people? What's wrong with you kids? Both you, you guys are future stories. You, you guys are you guys are so extreme. And yes, they're uh, they could almost be considered Elseworlds. And I, I guess uh, um, I guess actually they both are Elseworlds because Earth X happened in its own universe. Um, then uh, uh, at that point, you're starting to get to um, uh, events that aren't necessarily events um, in themselves. But uh, Marvel, uh, back in 04, uh, they go through the whole Avengers Disassembled, which closely mirrors uh, the end of the, uh, the original uh, the Justice League uh, run, the, the JLA run, uh, where they do the exact same thing. About 125 issues in. Uh, they decide to break up the team, and they leave that status quo in place for, for quite a while, uh, by comic terms, for months, for a year or so. Um, and so you have both of these companies disassembling their 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 lead teams, their Avengers or Justice League. Um, at this point, you know you can you can move on, and you can talk about how Secret Invasion in 08. Uh, parroted uh, DC's Millennium in 2000. Uh, both of them uh, contained uh, characters being replaced uh, uh, for nefarious 
purposes, and uh, heroes didn't know that they were talking to, you know, uh, that's not really that's not really Captain America. That's not really Hawkeye. Uh, this person has been replaced. Um, uh, again, the uh, the mechanics of the stories are, are different, but um, but the thought is the same. Um, uh, moving on a little bit. Um, Mark Miller gave us uh, Marvel Zombies No. Six, um, thanks to uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four, and of course Marvel Zombies. Uh, um, no pun intended. Marvel Zombies spread throughout uh, the entire Marvel multiverse. And um, I like that, uh, Bill. Less than two years later, thank you. Less than two years later, you have DC coming out with Blackest Night, which is uh, you know fighting characters you know raised from the dead. Um, now know, that now there, that's a, no that's, that's an excellent kind of comparison of of what when the companies do copy each other, and yeah. I'm I'm also wondering if because at the time uh, uh, we did have you know there was zombie fever, you know z- zombies were hot, so I'm sure they were capitalizing oh, yeah. on that. But uh, I guess uh, Marvel Zombies came out first, and and so DC yep. just kind of aped them. But uh, to DC's credit, they they gave it a uh, a great spin, which was the uh, um, which the fact that it, it 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 was connected to the whole Blackest Night thing, which I appreciated. Is that a collection you're holding there, Brad? Is that uh, Blackest Night? No, sir. Is this is this is a newer DC event called oh. called Deceased. And it's, oh my god! They're still doing it. It's it's basically DC zombies. It's <laughs> okay. basically their version of Marvel zombies. Um, wow. And it's it's it was pretty good. I mean, you know, it's uh, maybe I'm convincing myself that it was good, but it basically is. <laughs> it was basically DC's version of Marvel zombies. So. I bring it up. There's nothing just, wrong with wanting to like it. Oh, I know. And I bring it up because <laughs> these this copying of events, while it seems you know in our memories that they all kind of happened at the same time, some some sometimes they don't happen at the same time. You know, Marvel Zombies was what a decade ago, and this you know just was last year or whatever. And and I I think uh, one of the one of the more intriguing things that I've, I've found out through this um, this voluminous research I've done is that uh, I think my perception was basically kind of wrong. Um, that Marvel and DC have not necessarily you know copied events from each other um, throughout history. Um, certainly didn't start until you know the 80s. Um, so I'm you know I just I think this is just one of those things where as, as a kid you kind of you know the human brain is made to see you know is made to make you know, see patterns, you know, out of things, uh, uh, even random things. This is why, uh, it's why when you look at a shadow, you know, you think it looks like a person, you know, your, your brain is made to, to see things and to make sense out of them. And a lot of times that means that, uh, that your brain is, is like completing, you know, completing, uh, um, concepts and thoughts, uh, for you without you even knowing it. Um, anyway, that's a little, uh, little genius psychology for everybody. Hey, Frank. Totally true, though. Yes, sir. Will you note in the minutes that Bill admitted that he was wrong about something? I know you take minutes. Got you know, it. You take minutes every, um, for every uh, episode we do. Okay. Oh. Uh, I'm going to send you, I'm gonna send you some whiteout <laughs> so you can get rid of that line. That was, okay? a, that was around the 45-minute mark, you can say. Um, uh, hang on. Uh, I am, Amazon is going to be sending you a bottle of whiteout, Frank. It should be arriving <laughs> in about four hours. So look out for that, buddy. Um, 
Okay, so there, there's a couple of other big ones. Um, that we're, we're almost done. Um, this is one of those things that I could talk about for the next six hours or the next three minutes. I'm going to so let's uh, air uh, close so let's, to three yeah, minutes, let's okay? Yeah, no, I know, kind of, I know yeah, that's where I was going, you guys. See, you're interrupting me and, and insisting that you want me to, to wrap this up in three minutes is, in fact, making this go on longer. So uh, I'm sorry to the listeners. Um, I'm not sorry to you, Frank, because because you clearly are enjoying this. So uh, anyway, I, um, I, lo- I, I love a show <laughs> that just moves forward. But anyway, Bill. So yeah, let, let's, well, you let's let wrap me, it up on a bow. You gave let's me the, you gave me the steering wheel on this show, so you 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 know me, you know by now. Um, okay, one of the most blatant examples I can think of, uh, and and you know this 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 differences between companies it comes all the way up to like this year. I mean, this is this is not something that stopped. This is not something that last for 86 of them and uh, never happening again. No, this, this has been happening since the dawn of time and probably will continue forever. As long as there are two big coming, uh, two big companies, um, you know, kind of in the way there's two political parties, but there are others, there's two big comic companies, but there are others. So this is that kind of thing. Uh, as long as Marvel and DC rule the roost, uh, you will have this forever because the carrot, because the artists and the creators go from one to the other and they take similar ideas with them. Anyway. So my, probably my favorite, uh, my favorite, wait a minute, you came up with that idea yourself thing is, in 07, at the end of um, Civil War, man, someone shot Cap to the neck and he freaking died. Then, less than a year later, huh, Final Crisis happens and Batman dies. Isn't that weird? But, but, but we're not done there. Where did they because go, Bill? Where did they go? Your, let me blow your mind, man. Um, Batman was tossed he was not killed. He was actually tossed back in time and had to work his way back up to the present through a series of comic books. Turns out Captain America didn't die either. He was, everybody say it with me, thrown back, back in time, time and thrown had to work his time. way back to the present. You're not in a well, hot right? tub. Thank you. <laughs> it would have been it's a thank much you better, better if it if there was a hot tub involved, yes. Give me give me Craig Robinson and uh, it's a hot tub time. So which machine. one happened first? Captain America, uh, right? Captain America. Yep. Cap, this is uh, why Cap was shot through the neck. Marvel um, rules and DC drools. Yes. Oh, hey, my oh my god. Marvel I'm, snooze and DC cools. I just or made that go, up, just go, right off the head. You can go lose, too, but, you know, whatever. Um, it's all good. Um, I like image. So, image. Uh, <laughs> so we, can, we can spend as much time as you want talking about characters uh, being aped from one to another. And there, there's one set I really want to get into. Otherwise, I'll, I'll let it go for, for a stretch of time. But in 2020, just, just to bring the tugboat back to shore, to prove that this has been happening forever, you know, since 1939, and is happening all the way up in 2020, um, the uh, the reboot, the Jason Aaron Ed McGinnis reboot of the Avengers, which has been pretty solid. Um, uh, Avengers, the, the issues one through five, uh, the Avengers deal, this is where they get their, their celestial uh, headquarters up there in the Arctic. They are now uh, inhabiting, uh, their headquarters is the body of a dead celestial. Um, turns out that, uh, that in Avengers one through five, 
ancient celestials come back to menace the earth and we have to and the avengers have to deflect that and get them to go the heck away turns out that that they are part of the so-called first firmament meaning they have been around forever and ever and ever and they want to basically restart the universe themselves and uh, they want to destroy the earth and, and all that good stuff that goes along with it the avengers have to get around it in dc comics you have uh, the great event, um, Dark Knight's uh, Metal. And uh, some of the stuff that's spun out of it, I can, I can uh, take or leave. But the idea that they create this new character called Perpetua, whose intention is to bring forward the next multiverse. So uh, basically, you have uh, characters from the first multiverse. Uh, in Marvel Comics, uh, um, gosh dang it, I'm trying to remember... Uh, what the the six one six universe we're used to right now is the seventh iteration of the multiverse, if I remember right. Um, Galen uh, Galactus, you know, came uh, was the final survivor of the sixth, and he uh, he bridged into this uh, this so called current universe. Um, they've never established that kind of canon in DC, but uh, you do have a character who has decided that it's time to bring forward the next multiverse in DC comics. And they had to, of course, bat that back. So, you know, even these, these concepts, these high concepts have been going back and forth forever. It, it seems to be, um, I think in general, you know, you've got, uh, um, you know, your, the, the banner man of your, of your publishing empire is killed in 07 and 08 and has to work his way back through time. Uh, we've got zombies in, in 06, 07. Um, you've got, uh, you've got heroes replaced. You've got, uh, you know, older heroes, you know, older legacy heroes fighting younger, more extreme heroes and kingdom come and earth X. Um, you know, uh, I just, I think that, that, I think that the evidence is unfortunately circumstantial, but I think there's such a preponderance of the evidence uh, for those uh, lawyers out in the audience that I think that you could make this case um, pretty much beyond the shadow of a doubt that while there's not like legal liability involved here, yes, of course, they, they look at each other and they take – what I'm going to position it is it's not Marvel and DC stealing from each other. Uh, you could position it that way. I am going to position it as Marvel and DC are being inspired by each other. And um, I think that's uh, – uh, now, the characters, you can absolutely say that they've stolen characters from each other. But I think as far as the general – you know, the plot outlines, you know, the, the canon of the entire universes goes, I think – a lot of that is inspiration, not outright theft. Now, there's one area there's uh, we could go on again. I could go on for hours about characters that were stolen. You know, Green Arrow, Hawkeye, Black Canary, Mockingbird. You know, you could go on. You know, you could go on forever and ever and ever until the end of time talking about characters. You know, going. You know, being the idea of a character being taken from one house to another. My favorite, though. And I referenced this a little bit earlier, Dave Cockrum. Um, Dave Cockrum takes the Legion of Superheroes, my, my all-time faves, in the late 60s. He takes them, and he, um, uh, along with Kerry Bates and a couple of other writers, um, he updates the Legion of Superheroes from the Silver Age, you know, the, the very innocent Silver Age, to a more adult-style um, 
1970s kind of idea. He he brings in a number of new characters. He redesigns many, if not most, of the Legion costumes. And his run is absolutely seminal. It's only six issues. Um, it's between uh, Superboy Star and Legion Superheroes issues 197 up through issues 203, I believe, or maybe 202, and then Dave Cockrum is gone. Dave Cockrum leaves, goes to Marvel, and creates this uh, helps create this team called the X-Men with Len Wein. Now, in the Legion, he had a number of characters uh, that uh, he wanted to create for the Legion, but the writer said, no, we're not going to go with that. One of those characters was Nightcrawler. He actually created Nightcrawler with the intention of him being a Legion of Superhero. Um, he was not allowed. He, he was not allowed to, or the writer said, "No, nah, I'm not going to do that," or, or whatever. Um, that is how he became one of the new X Men in in uh, Giant Size X Men uh, number one, and then uh, X Men issue ninety four, and on and on and on. Um, but the analogs between the two are just they're 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 he's not even trying to hide that. Uh, that the Imperial Guard, as seen for the first time ever in X-Men issue 107, um, it was, in fact, it was the last issue Dave Cockman, Dave Cockerham drew of the X-Men before he came back at the end of the Burn austin uh, run. Um, so, you know, Cockerham came back in the, in the, the 140s, but uh, he did those six, eight, you know, ten issues between 94 and 107, and then he got out, too. Um but uh, uh, if you ever take a look at the Imperial Guard and the Legion of Superheroes, they are the exact same team. Um, you've got the giant guy. You've got um, you've got every character. Um, go take a look at it. Issues 107 and 108 of the Uncanny X-Men, um, two of my favorite comic books ever. It's a continued story. And um, the, the cool thing about those two issues is that issue 107 is Dave Cockrum's last issue on the X-Men for, again, a period of years. And uh, uh, 108 is the with John Byrne and the even greater Terry Austin. And issue 108 has some of the most beautiful art I have ever seen in a comic book, certainly for that time with that technology. So, Well, uh, well, well Bill, thank you very much and, for sharing that yep. with us. And again, we could go through Catwoman versus Black Cat, Elongated Man versus Mr. Fantastic, on and on and on and on. Um, any comic book reader out there could come up with probably 20 or 30 uh, of these uh, analog characters off the top of their head. So that definitely please. sounds like something yeah. I'd, I'd love to talk about in a future episode. Yeah. Like, you, you know. know, maybe someday here, maybe next decade or something. Yeah. I, uh, um, uh, you know, the whole point of this podcast is waste people's time. You're welcome. I think we've done that successfully, but, um, but hopefully, uh, my point is, um, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, it, it, I'm, I didn't have a point that I was trying to make in a militant fashion. You know, there was no, you know, there was no pounding on the table and throwing shoes. I mean, who throws a shoe really? And, and saying, you listen to me, I'm right. And you're not none of that. Um, I just, I've, I've always found it interesting that I thought that these analogs were a lot more obvious. Um, uh, I think again, it's, it's just your brain making order of chaos and random, uh, randomness. And, uh, um, I think, uh, I think, 
the most interesting thing to me is that I, I think that I learned something that changed my general opinion uh, through the course of this. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, thesis is that um, I think the characters absolutely copied from uh, from publisher to publisher, but um, but the events themselves, I think there's more uh, societal impact, like you were saying, Brad, where, you know, well, zombies are hot. Let's do a zombie thing. You know, I think that plays more into the events seeming to be aped from one to another than uh um than um uh, um than anything else so so there you go um and, uh, and what a waste of time that was night, yeah i'm sorry blackest night whether it was meant uh, you know whether it was a copy or or not um it's probably the most excited i, I haven't been as excited for a comic to come out monthly since then huh. so and I am not reading a lot now, and maybe some cool stuff has come out lately. But I guess point being, it might have been a copy in Inception, but it became probably one of the best events and a really cool thing, you know, which didn't end up really being a copy, maybe in the original idea. Um, but yeah, so good can come of it. Like, what about, I'm going to throw another one that I thought you were going to mention real quick. We're trying to wrap up. Uh, Old Man Logan and Dark Knight Returns. Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh, that's, that's fantastic. Okay, that's yes. good. Actually, something Johnny. years apart, you know, not a direct copy, but you know, right. Old Man Logan and the mo- the cop, the comic, and the movie that it became are two of the greatest things you know that Marvel has done with Wolverine ever. Huzzah! Um, um, uh, absolutely agree with that. Um, so, I, I, uh, well, let, let, let me go back to Johnny. Johnny, what did you uh, uh, like? What were some of those comparisons you uh, uh, between? Uh, old man and dark knight that you saw well just i think just in the the basic idea that let's go into the future as our hero is now aging and he's he's out of the game so to speak but something compels him to come back and the other heroes are different and older and dead and you know how does the world look in the future for for that hero and, uh, you know, I, I think the ideas are are very close. They went in completely different directions, and they were how many years apart? I don't know. Dark Knight Returns, I think, is in 87 or in 86. I don't know when Old Man Logan came out in print. But uh, it worked really well for Wolverine, and it became a whole, you know, the Logan movie might be my favorite of the X-Men films. And they're still doing stuff with that Wastelands universe in Marvel. You know, they're, they, put out, they even put out Old Man Hawkeye. Series. Dude, they've got Old Man Quill yeah. is currently being uh, <laughs> yep. produced, yes. And the Hulk hey. in the future with the, you know, his mob of Hulk family people. Or... Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, <laughs> someone remind me, what was the, in the Old Man Logan universe, uh, what was the Spider-Man analog? Was it his daughter or was it, was it his... actually Hawkeye's daughter, was it not? I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I just remember her driving the spider jeep. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> spider Jeep, holy crap! Or the Dune buggy. It's the spider. It's the Spidey Dune buggy that can drive on walls. It yeah. was. Uh, it was introduced in the seventies, and they made it canon by by introducing it, putting it in the Old yeah. Man Logan storyline. All right, well, let's wrap this episode up, John. I hope you'll stick around for another episode. You can't force me to leave. Okay. Nice. All right. Thank you, Bill, for doing all that research. And I actually did learn a thing or two. And I appreciate all the hard work you went, you put into that. And like you said, I'm exhausted. We could talk for hours on on all this. Um, give us a boilerplate, Frank. 
Let's see. Thank you for listening to Half Hour Wasted, uh, the last commercial-free podcast on the internet. That's too bad. Where's our Patreon page? Uh, you can drop us a line anytime at halfhourwasted at gmail.com. And let's keep it short. Guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Johnny, thank you so much for joining us. You're going to stay with us for next episode, right? Yeah, please. Awesome. All thank right. you. Great. We will figure out what that is as soon as we sign off here. But uh, I'll do it for everyone. For everyone, stay safe, wash your hands, and we'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Oh, my God. Let's sell out. Let's sell out now. <laughs> <laughs>